Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Christian Parenting. Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. And I've got so many feelings right now as I record. As you're listening to this, we just wrapped up Christmas and I sure hope you had a good one. I am recording a few weeks in advance as we turn in all of our episodes and all that so people can take an actual Christmas holiday. So as I'm recording, I am busy at work rebranding this podcast because this is the last time I will open an episode saying, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. That's right. If you haven't been around before or missed the news in the new year, this podcast will have a new name. And I am so excited for all we have ahead, um, but I also have just such such mixed emotions because it has been three and a half years of such a sweet time hosting the Boy Mom podcast and just feeling such um, a sweet fellowship with all the boy moms out there who come back week after week to be encouraged and to enjoy this community. However, I want to assure you, Every one of you are still welcome here. I am still a full-on hashtag boy mom, and I always will be, but with my new book coming out February 21st, hooray, uh, which is not just for boy moms, it's for parents, moms and dads of boys and girls. I wanted to open this place up to make the girl moms, many of which who are already listening, I know, they've told me, but I wanted to make it a place where we're all welcome here together. And indeed, in the days ahead, I'm sure I will do some series on boy topics or girl topics, but we are starting something new. 
Now, it's kind of funny, as we have been talking about rebranding this podcast, we've been through many changes, changes in what we thought we would name the podcast. Months ago, I shared with my online audience that I was planning to rebrand, and I even had a, had a survey put out there for people to vote on what they thought. My idea back then was that I would uh, name the podcast The Raising Amazing Podcast, because my next book is called Raising Amazing, uh, and, I, and people were really sweet and, and welcoming to that idea, uh, but I had a meeting with my podcast producer, the Christian Parenting Podcast Network, who I appreciate so much, and also a meeting with Zondervan, my book publisher. And as we went back and forth, the people who seem to um, have have the most experience, who know what's going on out there in the world of podcasts and books and all the rest, really recommended that I change it to the Monica Swanson podcast and then give it a subtitle that can work with my upcoming book. And that allows me the opportunity to grow in this place over the years with future books and future topics that I want to cover. So we are going to be calling this the Monica Swanson podcast. And I have to be real honest with you, there's a big part of me that's like, oh, I think you have to be a celebrity to use your name as your podcast title. Like, I'm not that big of a deal. But I'm trusting the people that uh, I met with who seem to know best. And they just say, people will be able to find you because your name is on your book cover. My blog is the monicaswanson.com website. And so, Hopefully that's going to work for everybody, and I'm just so excited because we have so many great things coming up in the new year, and it's going to have a new look, a new music, and a new name, the Monica Swanson Podcast. And as I record, my plan is to give it a subtitle, something along the lines of Raising Amazing Kids and Building Strong Families. And that is my heart, as most of you know, if you've been around for long. So I can't wait to grow with all of you. And it is just so bittersweet to be coming on for a final episode and to be sharing the final two chapters from my book, Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Uh, I've been doing a monthly episode at the end of every month, starting last January, where I just share some highlights, some of the um, nuggets from each chapter of my book. So if you are new here, you can go back to last January and at the end of each month, you'll find one episode really where I just read some highlights and share some favorite parts of each chapter. And then you can always go to show notes where I have a free download, some resources and anything I mention. So I hope that blesses you if you're new here to go back and just go through the whole book with me here. And um, I'm sure that I will have something very similar to that coming up with the next book. So we can all look forward to that. But today I'm at chapter 13 and then a short wrap up chapter 14 of Boy Mom. So I'm going to kind of whip through them, just sharing a few highlights. And I hope that you're encouraged by what we talk about today. I will begin with chapter 13, which is titled Wisdom at Work, and then the final chapter 14 is called Ready, Set, Launch, and that's where we might need some tissues, or at least I might, because again, as I wrap up this book, it just feels like such a chapter of my writing life, and this podcast is wrapping up, but 
we know that this book, Boy Mom, is going to go with me into all the days ahead. And I hope that if you haven't read it, you will still order that book. You can get it a digital version, you can get it paperback, or you can listen on Audible. And yes, it's me reading Boy Mom. And so one fun thing about Boy Mom is it has sold very consistently from the beginning. People continue to buy it. And I think that's because you all have been so helpful about spreading the word and sharing your love for the book. So I am thrilled. Also, we have well over a thousand Amazon reviews on Boy Mom. That's a pretty exciting number, like well over 1,100. So if you haven't left a rating or a review yet, can I just invite you as we wrap up this book here on the podcast, would you be so kind to go over to Amazon? All you have to do is click on five stars, or if you want to, you can leave a few words over there at the Amazon review about what you love about the Boy Mom book. Okay, that was a lengthy lead up. And so let's dive in. There is a pretty short intro. I always like to read the introductions to my chapters. So here we go. I am reading chapter 13, Wisdom at Work, subtitled Teaching the Value of Work and Money Management. And my opening quote is from Winston Churchill. And it says, the price of greatness is responsibility. I love that. You might want to write that one down and share it with your kids today. The price of greatness is responsibility. Wow. This is how we begin. The focus of this chapter is extremely relevant to my current stage of parenting. I am standing on the precipice, as it were, of my two oldest sons' futures. They're facing the great launch into independence. And though they've been equipped with so many good things, if I fail to prepare them for a lifetime of good, hard work and wise money management, their future is uncertain at best. This, my fellow boy mom, is a topic that rests almost wholly on us when it comes to preparing our children. Our schools do not teach these principles, and contrary to my personal fantasies, our boys will not magically develop the insights needed to succeed in work and finances. They need our guidance here, as in so many areas. The next section is called Working Boys, Working Men, and really the heart behind this is the idea of teaching our young boys to value work because just like so many other things we talk about, what we teach them when they're young, they're likely to continue to do as they grow into independence. Next, I share a book that really influenced me when my boys were young, and anything I name in this um, podcast, I will put in show notes, but there's a book called Created for Work, and it's by author Bob Schultz, and I think Bob Schultz did a wonderful job of communicating the importance of raising boys who are willing and eager to work. Now, as our culture has changed, as our really our world has changed, especially with technology and all the rest, I think that physical work has just become less and less of a part of growing up. It's not as necessary, and a lot of us as parents can kind of forget to teach our kids how to work hard physically. But in the introduction to Created for Work, Schultz wrote, in the education of boys today, we've lost the importance of work as a most effective tutor. What is the good of knowing how to read or write if a young man doesn't have the heart to work, to produce, and to create? Boys are often forced to sit for hours, year after year, in front of books. Then, after 12 to 16 years of inactivity, folks wonder why all their teenager wants to do is sit on the couch playing games. Okay, and this was written quite a while back. 
so interesting to me that um, he mentioned playing games because that's even more a part of our kids' lives today than it ever was before. Um, I mentioned here just how my own parents set such an example for me of just being hard workers. To this day, they're in their 80s. And I believe part of the reason they've stayed so healthy for so long is that they've always got a project to do. They are just hardworking people. And though I say here, my mom didn't have a job outside the home, I have never known a harder worker. And I can't think of a day that she wasn't busy doing some home project, yard work, preparing a great home-cooked meal for our family and often guests. Uh, She just was naturally a really hard worker. And my dad also, you know, grew up in a poor family in Oklahoma, put himself through college and law school and was the hardest worker, working lawyer, I think, in anywhere when I was growing up. And yet in his off time, he coached our sports and was a very involved father. So no doubt my parents' uh, approach to life and work rubbed off on me and was instrumental in my really valuing work and loving to work. To this day, I have a tendency to work too much. It's hard for me sometimes to relax. Not that that's always a good thing, but I'm just saying. But I want my boys to embrace the value of hard work because I truly believe that that's a key to a happy life. And because of this, we've made chores and other responsibilities a requirement since our boys were young. Now, our boys haven't always been excited to take on projects, and it's fair to acknowledge that personality plays a role in how readily any boy responds to chores or hard work on any given day. Some of my boys have loved taking on responsibilities since they were little, and others I think were born with maybe a lazy bone or two or three in their bodies. But we really pressed on to make hard work a normal, natural part of their lives. And so next I go on to consider a few things we can do to help our sons embrace a good work ethic. So the first thing I talk about is just highlighting the value of work. And this is just conversations we can have. We can talk to our kids about why work matters and we can model a lifestyle of being hardworking people. As you embrace purposeful work and elevate the idea of responsibility in your lifestyle and conversations, your kids are likely to model after you. I share some great Proverbs here and a couple other Bible verses that are helpful to share with your kids. Proverbs is full of of great wisdom principles on the value of hard work. Here's one, Proverbs 12, 11 says, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Hmm. <laughs> That's a good one. Proverbs 12, 24, diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. Wow. You can just take that one verse and have a really good conversation around the dinner table with your kids about what that means. And Colossians three twenty three is just a favorite in our household. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So, talking about these things is more powerful than you might think. The next little section is called Get Him Working. So the most practical way to teach a young boy about work is by giving him work to do and the opportunity to experience the satisfaction that comes with it. There's no doubt kids feel good after they've done good hard work and done it well. So I talk about chores here and there's so many different ways you can approach chores. I talk about how I tried many different chore systems when my boys were young and I 
felt like I was failing at all of them. I wasn't following through. They weren't following through. It just wasn't going well. And then I came up with a chore system that somehow just worked for our family. And I have a blog post where I uh, share that and kind of outline how we did it, especially if you have, I'd say, three or more kids who can be involved in chores. It's super helpful. Now that we're down to two boys in the house, we're using the same system, but definitely adapting it. But um, I have a link to that that I will put in the show notes. But certainly doing chores is so helpful and making it a consistent part of your kids growing up experience. Now, a topic comes up often. Should you pay kids for chores or not? I understand that some people say, no, you shouldn't pay them because they're a part of the family and they need to know that that's just a normal part of the family. I totally get that. I totally agree. Um, Although I have also found that when you do have a system where you pay them for the work they do, you don't just pay them automatically every week whether or not they do their work, but when you pay them for the work that they do, then they have an opportunity to learn to budget. And that way you can teach them a system. Again, this is also in the blog post that I'll be linking to. But for us, we have a system where we've taught them to um, give 10%. We call that a tithe. That's just what we give to the church. Um, But we teach them what that means and how they might give back to God since everything comes from God, right? It all belongs to him. But when we give them money, they can give 10% back to him in some way. And then to divide up the rest between savings and spending. And so that's been a really great tool to help our boys to manage their money when they're young. Now, if you ask my boys right now, has mom been very consistent about (laughs) paying them? No, I've kind of gotten in a bad um, habit of not being consistent. Part of that is because my youngest doesn't like have a debit card. I mean, I can use Venmo with my 18-year-old, but I cannot do that with my younger son and I never have cash. So I'm working on a new system. I promised him I'll come up with something. Um, But anyways, that's something you can figure out for your family, how you want to do it. But either way, getting kids working is so important. I mentioned here work as a family and how awesome it is when families can get together and do a project together or even better, serve other people together. So I have some ideas for that and just something you can think about maybe as parents. What can we do as a family to work together? Um, A great part of this chapter is the topic of fighting against entitlement. And oh my goodness, this is such an important topic more and more. Uh, I say that we hear a lot these days about the problem of, of entitlement and an article in Psychology Today quotes Amy McCready, the founder of Positive Parenting Solutions, as saying, in our attempt to shelter our kids from adversity, we rob them of the opportunity to make decisions, learn from their mistakes, and develop the resilience needed to thrive through the ups and downs of life. This is all done in the name of love, but too much of a good thing can result in kids who always expect to get what they want when they want it. Hello, welcome to my struggle with my 12-year-old. I'm just being really honest. I feel like that kid was born with a more entitled Uh, heart than his brothers, and we are working on it. Now, have his dad and I contributed to that problem? Absolutely. He's our youngest. He's gotten by with a lot more than the brothers. But I do think that we live in a world where everything is so just quick and instant. And I think that our kids are really being raised with this new level of just expecting a lot to be done for them. And so we as parents have a challenge on our hands, and there's so much we can do about it. I say we've all seen kids who expect everyone to serve them, kids who whine at the slightest discomfort and complain about almost everything, 
Or maybe you've been to the birthday party where the child tears open every gift without stopping to say thank you, or maybe cries when they don't get the one thing they wanted. And I'm guessing that you, like me, cringe at these behaviors. But I'm also guessing that some of us may have been that parent a time or two. And I say, my hand is sheepishly being raised here. I have to assume the parents of these kids never set out to spoil them, right? But it tends to happen. Kristen Welch's book, Raising Grateful Kids in an Entitled World, poignantly highlights the importance of raising kids who value gratitude and humility. Welch's own confession is a reminder to all of us. She says, entitlement didn't start with my kids. It began with me. Ouch, right? So I think we as parents can really consider what we're modeling to our kids. And if we are living with any level of entitlement in our own life. Finally, I acknowledge that lazy, entitled kids and parents are common in our culture, so we must be intentional to guard against this happening in our own families. A hardworking son is likely to be humble and grateful and will have the ability to wait for things in a way that spoiled children will not. A child raised to realize that good things come to those who work and wait will also have a great foundation for making and managing money as he grows up. All right, we dive into money matters next, and I open by just confessing that I have never been natural at money management, and as much as I love to work hard, I haven't been particularly good at grown-up tasks like budgeting and investing, and so as my older boys have grown up, it's really come to my attention how important it is that I know enough that I can teach them well, or at least that I can point them to resources where they can learn and grow. And so I think it's just something to talk about. Sometimes time goes by and these things sneak up on us. So next I cover a few different practical ways we can teach our kids about money management. Now, I already just a moment ago talked about paying our kids for their chores and different ways we can help them set up a system so that they can learn to manage their money. Same goes for if they have a job outside the house or if they are given money from relatives for different things. Having a system is so helpful and teaching them that young will be very likely to carry on with them as they grow up into more and more independence. Also, I just talk about talking about money practically, you know, looking for opportunities to incorporate age-appropriate money talks into our daily life. So if your five-year-old wants a toy, you might talk about how many weeks of chore money it would take to save up and purchase that toy. And so I think the more we help our kids learn to spend their own money, the more they begin to understand the value of money and the value of work. Uh, There are so many good books and resources. Even since Boy Mom has come out, I've seen more and more things online. So if this is something you need help with, I encourage you to look for uh, different resources that might walk you through how to teach kids about money, saving, and investing. The key, though, is just to get your son thinking practically about his future. Sometimes all it takes is an introduction to the basics. And by the time they're teenagers, uh, many boys really grasp these concepts and they get excited about these things. So give them that opportunity, introduce them to things, and then um, encourage them to continue to learn on their own. And they might just find something that they're really good at and find interesting. Or if they're not good at it, they'll realize how important it is that they learn and grow in this area. Um, I mentioned here the concept of opportunity cost. And the 
term opportunity cost really just refers to the idea that when you choose to use your money in one way, you give up the benefit that would have come from an alternate use of that money. So to put it in boy terms, if you buy this toy or video game, then you won't have the money to buy that skateboard. And by the time they're teenagers, your kids should be able to weigh out decisions and understand that each one brings a consequence. And this will spill over into the things that they want and responsibilities that come with them. So if they want, I mentioned here, if your kids want a dog, are they willing to scoop poop and take care of the dog? If you want a gadget, will you be able to take care of it? And, you know, for our kids, sometimes that's meant they've left something out in the rain and it's been ruined. And we're like, sorry, we can't just buy you another one. You're going to have to save up again. And those are so such hard lessons, but they're so important because really, as we know, that's life, right? And then, of course, encouraging real-world experience. It is so good to get kids out working for somebody else. All of my boys have gone to work for somebody outside of themselves and had to learn to listen to a boss, sometimes one that they don't agree with or enjoy, but having to work with other employees. My boys, my two older boys started off as dishwashers and then bus boys, and it was some seriously hard work, but boy, they sure grew from that job. So then finally, as we get to the end of this chapter, I just talk about weighing, um, helping our kids weigh their post-high school options. And this is one I hope you can get your hands on the book and just read for yourself because I do talk about how my two older boys took a gap year and all the value that we found in that gap year. We are so glad they did. Now, I know gap years aren't for everyone, but I do share a bit of that process, why we chose that and how that looked and how that really benefited them. Um, again, it's not for everyone, but I hope that you can read that section of the book. And then finally, at the end of the book, I have um, some make it personal questions that I think are really helpful for a chapter like this to really think about, no matter what age your kids are, even if they're young, when you read the make it personal questions, you can be thinking ahead, like how prepared will I be as my son gets older, closer to that launch? These are things you do not want to overlook. And then be caught off guard when it's time. So hopefully you'll enjoy the Make It Personal questions. And then I have a free download, which I will link to in show notes. It is called Appropriate Life Skills by Age. And it's just kind of the things that a, a healthy, normal child should be able to do um, by age. This gives you some ideas what kind of uh, household tasks you can ask them to do, what you might be able to teach them as far as help cleaning the house, taking care of their things, making meals, learning how to care for cars, fixing things, all those different tasks as they grow up. And I have it divided by very um, narrow age range, like six to seven, eight to nine, 10 to 13, and then finally 18 and up. So you can get your own copy of those life skills by age by going over to show notes, which you will find at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 190. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, so take a deep breath because that was the last really practical chapter of Boy Mom. And uh, now in just these next final moments, I'm going to just skim across my heart of hearts, ready, set, launch, which is chapter 14. And I just, again, I just want to kind of hang out here in this moment because we are wrapping up Boy Mom together and wrapping up the year of 2022 and the Boy Mom podcast. So can we just take a moment? Okay moment of silence. Thank you so much. Now let's just dive in. Going to say a few words and 
if anything, I really hope you can read this chapter because there's just so much of my heart in here. But Ready, Set, Launch opens with uh, Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Moms, I shared that verse because yes, I was thinking about my boys launching across the ocean from our home here in Hawaii and thinking about all that they had ahead of them and how I want them to be strong and courageous, but also thinking of myself. Moms, we need to be strong and courageous. The Lord will be with us as well as our boys launch. So do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. All right. Now I get the joy of sharing the opening of this chapter, and I'll try to do it without crying. But this is how it goes. Recently, I came across some old photos of my first son's kindergarten Christmas program. One series of photos made me laugh and brought back vivid memories. During the program, my husband had moved closer to take unobstructed photos of Josiah, who was packed among 20-some kids, all decked out in their Christmas best. They were singing and following the teacher's lead in hand motions. It was darling. Dave accomplished the goal of getting the clear shot. But in every one of the photos up on that stage, Josiah looked the same. While obediently singing and performing hand motions, he was clearly very much preoccupied. Instead of looking at the teacher or straight out at the audience, his gaze was off to the side and his wide eyes and facial expressions signaled concern. I remember that look so well. It was the panicked, where's my mommy look? To calm his nervousness, we had told him before the performance which side of the big gymnasium we'd be sitting in. Once on stage, he appeared to be making sure we had followed through. I still remembered his searching, anxious eyes, desperate to connect with mommy. I also remember how after he finally spotted me, his entire countenance changed as a sense of security settled over him. The rest of the show went off without a hitch, though I did catch his searching glance every few minutes, just making sure... I was still there. Fast forward to yesterday as I write this book and a similar but distinctly different scene. You see, I'm writing this very last chapter of the book at a most meaningful time in my life. I am in an airplane 38,000 feet over the ocean returning to Hawaii after dropping that same sun off at college in California. Quick pause to wipe some tears. You'd better believe I already miss that kid deeply. But, truly, I'm doing really well. In fact, I am full of joy because this son of mine is absolutely ready to spread his wings and fly. It helps that I have confidence that his small Christian college will be a great next step for him. But even more than that, he is personally ready for this launch. Our goodbyes were completely happy And Josiah is so excited, both to meet heaps of good Christian friends, exactly what he longed for during his teenage years, and to begin some very challenging classes tomorrow morning. He loves to learn. Bless him. But yesterday, as Dave and I sat there listening to a lineup of speakers during the convocation ceremony, my mind flashed back again to the scene from Josiah's kindergarten program. Once again, Dave and I sat in the stadium seats in a specific place, hoping Josiah would remember that was where we had sat for a previous meeting. It took us a few minutes, but we eventually spotted our son, seated smack in the middle of all the incoming freshmen, a lanky tall boy on his left, and a cute girl seemingly happy to be by his side on his right. 
throughout the hour and a half ceremony, Dave and I kept stealing glances at Josiah, hoping to catch his eyes, to make that connection, to offer him the security of knowing that, yes, we are here. One time he glanced around, checking both his left and his right, and I threw my hand up in a quick half wave as if he might spot my hesitant attempt. But we never made eye contact, and soon he returned his gaze straight ahead, listening to the speaker. I saw him whisper a comment to the boy on his left and laugh with the girl on his right. I kept waiting for him to look for us again, wishing I could wave a family flag or something to help him spot me. Then it hit me. He wasn't really looking for me at all. He wasn't feeling anxious or unsettled or insecure. He was doing just fine. At the end of the service, when a team of bagpipers clad in plaid kilts blasted their pipes and led the students out the back door, leaving parents to wipe their tears and smile awkwardly at one another, Josiah pivoted in his row and turned his attention directly at us. He threw a big wave and grinned widely. He knew where we were all along, I said to Dave, shaking my head. Dave smiled, pulled me close, and quietly said, he's so ready for this. He is. And this was the goal all along. I have reminded myself approximately 4,000 times over the past few days. This was the goal. Now, my fellow boy mom, this is the vision I hope to share with you. Everything you do now is about the man your son will one day become. Making healthy connections with that little boy today will lead you both closer to a day when he will glance at you with a wave and a big smile because he loves you and appreciates you not because he is needy or unsteady or unsure. Friend, you've made it through all the chapters of this book, and you deserve a high five and a warm hug. We've covered some big topics here. You might feel really good about how you're already addressing some of these topics and a little overwhelmed by others. I'm with you. Maybe we didn't even get to cover everything on your mind. Sorry. But whatever challenges come up as you raise your son, I leave you with the same advice. Parent your boy with an eye on the man he is becoming. Love him as you want him to love others. Discipline him that he might become self-disciplined. Model character and teach habits and introduce him to role models, books, nature, and all the things that will mold and shape him into the man he will one day become. Say no when you know it's the right thing to do and say yes as often as you can. Talk to him and listen to him and enjoy everything about him. And most of all, make sure he knows the one who created him and is cheering for him and will go with him into the future, even when you cannot. Now I have a few more paragraphs before I close this book, but I'd rather you get to read it for yourself. So once again, I invite you to get your own copy of Boy Mom or to listen to it on the audio version. Um, but one thing I do have for you is I will share the printable of my Boy Mom Manifesto, which I share at the very end of the book. This is a summary of each chapter really in 12 points, just committing ourselves to the things that we've covered in this book and um, really putting it all in writing and in a place that you can print it out and hang it up. And so if you would like a copy of the Boy Mom Manifesto, uh, go over to show notes and there will be a link there to that. And because you are a listener to the Boy Mom podcast, I want to give that to you as well. Now, I'd love to close these two chapters with a brief prayer before I have a few final words to say at the end. So if you would join me, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for all you give us in your word and through your spirit, how you equip us to be 
the parents that our sons and daughters need. God, thank you that you have hand-chosen every mom listening to be the parent of her children. And thank you that we don't have to do it alone, that you are with us. So as we raise these boys to be prepared to launch one day, as we teach them to work hard, to value hard work, to to uh, manage their money well, as we teach our boys to prepare for a future of independence, God, give us wisdom. Help us. Please lead us to the resources that will help us the most. And just, God, be near us as we do all these things. And then as we prepare to launch our boys, I pray that your spirit would bring us the, the counsel, the comfort, the encouragement, the reminders that we need. Be near us as we do our very best to raise these boys ready to launch. And it won't be easy, but... I know you've given us everything we need, so help us to do it well. I pray blessings on every mom listening. Thank you, God, for guiding us through the chapters of Boy Mom over this past year, and thank you, God, for blessing us through this podcast. It has been such a joy and such a journey, and I'm so happy that I get to keep going and moving forward, even through a slight change in the podcast. I'm so excited for all we have ahead. So, Lord, to you be the glory as we head into a new year very soon. In Jesus' name, amen. So my friends, this is a tough one to wrap up, but it's still holiday season and I know you're busy. So I want to thank you for taking the time to listen today. And I want to thank you for all the episodes and months and even years that many of you have been listening to the Boy Mom podcast. And the happy news is I'll be back next week. I've got another episode coming and I will keep walking through this life, parenting, building our families and loving our sons and daughters together. And I've got such a great lineup. I can't wait to share with you. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what's to come in next week's kind of introductory episode to the new Monica Swanson podcast. Does that sound okay? I hope it sounds okay. Um, but for now, I want to thank you. I'm truly wiping tears from my eyes for being here uh, through this journey of the Boy Mom podcast. I appreciate you guys. I believe in you. I love hearing from you. Thank you for comments. Thank you for ratings and reviews. Thank you for emailing me uh, each week in response to my weekly emails. And just, I'm so proud of you and the way you're raising your boys. Don't give up. Keep up the great work. God bless you. And we have a new year ahead. Can't wait to dive into it alongside all of you. So have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.